Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson here with some instant reaction to the news that the Charlotte Hornets have acquired Michael Carter Williams in free agency, signing him to a one year, $2.7 million deal. Real quick before we get into this, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, on Instagram at Locked On Hornets, and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Just search Locked On Hornets. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This is a daily podcast, just a little bit of Hornets talk to start your day wherever you are. And whenever big news hits, we're there for you. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis, the best Charlotte Hornets news and analysis anywhere. And we're local too. We record just down the street from Spectrum Center. So we're on the ground giving you the most up-to-date, most intelligent Hornets talk anywhere. So iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked on Hornets. All right, so let's talk about this Michael Carter-Williams addition uh, to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Definitely backup point guard was a need for the Charlotte Hornets, and they decide to address it with Michael Carter-Williams, who is 6'6", 190 pounds, long arms, has that size that they were definitely looking for in the point guard position to complement Kimball Walker. He was a 2013-14 All-Rookie and Rookie of the Year, averaging 16.7 points, 6.2 rebounds, and 6.3 assists for Philadelphia in his first year. But since then, the the numbers have been in a steady decline, both in efficiency and total production. Had a bit of a revival year in 2015-16 in Milwaukee, where he uh, got the starting point guard role under Jason Kidd, who is a stickler for point guards because he was a point guard. Uh, But Milwaukee deciding to use that leverage uh, to trade him to Chicago in exchange for Tony Snell. And at the time... It seemed like Chicago had gotten the the far better end of the deal for Michael Carter-Williams, but uh, injuries and tough shooting efficiency numbers would result in in that initial sort of take on the deal being flipped on its head and Michael Carter-Williams not even getting a restricted free agent uh, qualifying offer from the Chicago Bulls and just being shown the door. Before we get too far into this analysis, I want to kick it over to Sean Hyken of Locked On Bulls. He is also covering the Chicago Bulls for The Athletic, and uh, we start by talking about how Michael Carter-Williams found himself uh, in Chicago via the trade that I just mentioned. You know, I think they just kind of made that trade because, you know, they obviously Rajon Rondo went into the season as a starter, but then they, you know, they tried out a few different guys as the backup point guard during training camp, Jaron Grant didn't really blow them away. Spencer Dinwiddie, who they ended up waving, didn't really blow them away. And so they decided, okay, we'll take a flyer on Michael Carter Williams going to the last year of his rookie contract. And 
you know, he had his moments. He had a couple of different games where he where he was good. He had that a game against Houston where he scored 24 points with Jimmy Butler out. But it was not a good season for him overall. And he was by the, by the time of the playoffs, he was just completely unplayable. His shooting numbers really bottomed out last season. His field goal percentage dropping to 36.6%, down from 45.2% in Milwaukee. Were there any positives to take away from Michael Carter-Williams' offensively for the Bulls last season? Uh, there really isn't. I mean, he, 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 there were moments where like he was able to finish around the basket, but even that, like he wasn't great at that. And obviously his, his jump shot is just completely broken. I, I mean, I guess the nicest thing I can say about this deal for the, for the Hornets is that there are no bad one year deals. So it's like, it's fine to take a flyer on the guy for a year. They didn't pay him very much money, but if you're, and he's probably better than Ramon sessions, but I think that might say more about Ramon sessions than it does about Michael Carter Williams. I, if you're expecting like big big minutes and big production out of him, I think Hornets fans are going to be Yeah, uh, hopefully they don't. Uh, I think that uh, this is definitely a deal that's a lot more about uh, who they could find because of the flexibility or the lack of flexibility that they have. And certainly at 6'6", six, six, you know, he's got those long arms. I think he will complement Kimball Walker well in terms of size and just physical profile. But how about on the defensive end of the ball? And they're they're going to need defense from the backup point guard position. I was looking at his synergy numbers, and uh, they have him rated in the 71st percentile last season in defense. That's very high, but there were they were limited minutes. What did you see from him defensively? Does it match uh, what synergy has here? Well, he has long arms. I think that's the main thing that he's got going for him on that. And he, he's, he's the kind of defender that he's going to go for a lot of steals. He's going to gamble a lot. And so, you know, you're going to see him make some mistakes on that. end. he's not a lockdown defender at the point guard position by any means. But, you know, I mean, he's certainly a better defender than Kev, uh, Kemba Walker is. So, you know, he's going to give them a little bit of he'll give them something on that end. But again, it's it's just it's just this is just not like. Like, I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to think of like positive ways to spin this for, for you, uh, for, for Hornets fans. And it's just uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, taking a one year flyer on this guy. I mean, I guess it's not terrible. but Yeah, know. it's curious. I mean, he was rookie of the year uh, in 2013-14 and he's seen a steady decline in his uh, production and, and his shot making ability and only averaging six point six points per game last season and that was even you know I mean it was a steady decline before then and then it just bottomed out in Chicago was there any indication of something going on behind the scenes maybe uh, confidence issues or something that led uh, to this disastrous season last year for him well he did have a wrist injury at the beginning of the year I think two or three games into the season he he has he had a sprained wrist he missed I don't know. I want to say a month off the top of my head. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't like he was playing great before that either, though. So it's like he he just he just I, I just I just think I think that 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 year that he had in Philly just kind of made him look better than he is, because that was that was the first year of the process. And uh, so, you know, anybody with any kind of talent is going to you know do really well in that. In, on that roster, you know, he put up a lot of points, he put up a lot of stats and they were able to get a really good draft pick for him. Later on in the trade, that was one of Sam Hinkie's masterpieces. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just think he might have just been one of those guys that year where, like, he put up those numbers because somebody had to put up those numbers on that. Team. That's a good point. I mean, last season was the first uh, season it looks like that he did not uh, average thirty or more minutes per game. So yeah, a lot of that production uh, drop having to do with that last season. Uh, but certainly his ability. 
uh, or inability to get on the court was a story, I think, uh, for Chicago last season. So, well, he had plenty of opportunities. Is the thing like he he was he you know he went into the season as their primary backup point guard, and then once he came back from the injury, he you know he started getting those minutes again when they benched Rondo around New Year's Eve. He was their starter for a while, and then they moved Jaron Grant into that role just because he was so inconsistent that, you know, he, it's not, it's not like he was just buried on the bench and didn't have a consistent role. Like he got all these opportunities to be the starter and to be the primary backup. And he just was never able to capitalize on it. How did he handle those struggles uh, last season? I mean, was he discontent? Uh, did he make any feelings known or, or was he uh, just trying to soldier on through the year? You know, he's a pretty even keeled guy. He doesn't, he, he's, he's a pretty confident guy. I don't think, I mean, there, there are certain guys on that team last year where you could see that they just lost confidence throughout the year when they weren't playing well. And, you know, Nico Amiritich is obviously one of those guys who's kind of struggled with that through his whole career. Michael Carter Williams is always going to go, you know, he's going to think that he's really good. Like he's now, he's never going to, you know, question whether he's good or not. Like that's something you got to give him. He's, he's never lacking in confidence. Big thanks to Sean Hyken. He covers the Bulls for the Locked On Bulls podcast, of course, but also for The Athletic. So let's dig into this. Michael Carter-Williams signing with the Charlotte Hornets for one year, $2.7 million deal. This sounds this deal sounds very familiar to Hornets fans because it's one of these perfect rich show buy low on a guy who had a really tough year and it's a low risk one year deal. So if he performs well, then Michael Carter, Michael Carter Williams can parlay that into a better deal next season. So that's the incentive for Michael Carter Williams to sign this deal quick. It gives him flexibility. It gives him a chance to renew his career. And for the Charlotte Hornets, it gives them the flexibility to not have to uh, deal with this contract next season if the pairing doesn't work out. And it also allows them to get a backup point guard uh, relatively inexpensively, especially when you consider that Langston Galloway just signed for $7 million and they've got so much money already locked up in guaranteed deals. We got the word from Bobby Marks that with the Michael Carter Williams money, it puts them now at $112 million in guaranteed contracts and that puts them $7 million below the $119 million luxury tax. So they've still got some room to work with uh, both the mid-level part of the mid-level exception and the biannual exception, but they're now staring $7 million away from the tax. And again, if you're a team that's not really going to contend for a title, I think it's understandable not wanting to really go into that tax area because it is so punitive financially to, to a team. Uh, and, and these are businesses. And, and so if you're not going to really compete for a championship, which I don't think th- th- there's really no move the Hornets could make at this point realistically that would put them in contention in the Eastern Conference, then it would not make real business sense to go into the tax. So it seems like they would avoid that. And this contract allows them to fill the backup point guard position uh, while maintaining a little bit more flexibility because that number doesn't count the unguaranteed deals to Briante Weber, Johnny O'Brien, and uh, Trevion Graham, whose guarantee kicks in later on in the season in, in January, but still has to be somewhat accounted for. So they they still have some decisions to make. Uh, Summer League is, is underway. We're going to have more analysis on that on Monday. 
Uh, but they this allows them to to make some decisions on Briante Weber. Do they bring in another third veteran uh, veteran point guard? And, uh, um, you know, end the Briante Weber experiment. Do they possibly go after a fifth big and end the Johnny O'Brien experiment? Or do they keep both Briante and Johnny O'Brien and try to use the little bit of space they have to address some issues that they have in terms of wing defense? Those are all questions that the Hornets will have to answer between now and uh, the beginning of the season. Uh, But here's what we do know about Michael Carter-Williams based on the interview that we just did with Sean Hyken and then just what we see is that this is a guy that has a lot of incentive now to improve his numbers. And, you know, when you look back, look, his three-point shot has never been there. He's he's not a three-point shooter and uh, most likely will never be. But the two-point percentage drop last season went from 47.2% in Milwaukee to 40.1%. Overall field goal percentage went from 45.2% to 36.6%. He's a he's a player that has been able to finish around the rim. He has that athleticism. He has the long arms that allow him to get by defenders quickly. And, and that kind of thing just never materialized. And you paired that with the fact that his, as you just heard Sean mention, his jump shot really left him. Uh, So there's a lot to rebuild. But at the same time, I don't think the Hornets will be asking him to do a lot offensively. They just drafted Malik Monk, who is going to have some ball handling duties. He did a halftime interview with NBA TV on Saturday and said that Clifford has talked to him explicitly about being able to handle the ball. So they're going to ask him to do that, and they're going to ask Malik Monk to score. So, you know, they've addressed some of those needs in terms of scoring off the bench. Don't think they're going to be asking Michael Carter-Williams to go out there and give them 10-plus a night off the bench. That would be unrealistic. So if you look at this deal in terms of Michael Carter-Williams as some kind of Jeremy Lin offensive replacement, then you're obviously going to be disappointed. But if you look at it from the perspective of what Michael Carter-Williams gives you in terms of size, in terms of defensive ability and court vision. I mean, he definitely has that. Look, he averaged over six assists twice in his career, averaged five assists in that uh, 2015-16 campaign for Milwaukee. So what did Clifford say that that they wanted out of a point guard is uh, distribution, organization, and then you add to that his size and defensive ability. And this this seems like a deal that if the if the expectations for his offensive production are realistic, could be successful for this team. And if he improves at all offensively, then I think that's icing on the cake. But if the issues with his offensive confidence start to leak into his defense or or cause his turnovers to go up, though they did go down last season, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was playing off the bench, but, uh, you know, and look, you know, if if the Hornets have to turn the keys over to Michael Carter Williams next season, it wouldn't matter if his name was Michael Carter Williams or Shelvin Mack or uh, Trey Burke or insert realistic point guard number two option for the Hornets here, then the Hornets are in trouble. I mean, that's bottom line. If they don't have Kimball Walker, then the season is all but lost. So you you can't look at it from that perspective either. They're just they they are going to be a few years from true point guard depth. But this particular point guard addition 
gives them the things that they need out of the backup point guard position. Because look, if Kimball Walker is healthy at the end of the year in, in March, he's going to be playing 35 plus minutes, just like he did last season. And we saw last season where the, the role of backup point guard was very limited, not because, uh, not because Brian Roberts was extremely inferior or because Ramon Sessions was extremely inferior or Briante Weber was extremely inferior. It was because, you know, Kimball Walker's going to play 35 minutes. That doesn't leave much time for your backup point guard position if you have other ball handlers that can also score. That was the problem last season. They didn't necessarily have that. They needed that Jeremy Lin type of player. But the, the gamble that the Hornets are making now is that they, they will make enough additions with Malik Monk, possibly Dwayne Bacon, and maybe another wing addition that could make up for the fact that you're not going to get uh, dynamic, you know, six-man type of scoring from the point guard position. They need, they need Jeremy Lin's dynamic offense, but it doesn't necessarily need to come from the backup point guard position. They may need it to come from multiple positions or multiple players. And you also add in this other big question mark, which is what does Dwight Howard give you offensively? What kind of addition is that to the team over what they had from the center position last season? So all in all, you don't like the shooting numbers. You don't like the offensive numbers. But I think defensively, he can be a plus. And if they can get that from him, then it will be a successful addition, I think, for the Charlotte Hornets. So he's not going to get back to 16-6-6, his Rookie of the Year campaign. Michael Carter-Williams is not, you know, barring a massive injury to Kimball Walker, is not going to get to 30-plus minutes per night like he did in three of his first four seasons. No, hopefully you heard from Sean Hyken that he's an even keel kind of personality, the kind of personality that fits well in this Charlotte Hornets organization that has normally thrived in this Hornets organization. What the Hornets are hoping is that he comes in, he's asked to do a a specific set of things, and he does those very, or not even very well. He does those well. He does those competently, and the incentive for Michael Carter-Williams to do that is to show the league that he can be a, a capable piece for a playoff team. And that will serve him well in the next round of free agency. Because, you know, his, his numbers and his reputation around the league are, are really low at this point. And if, if he can do anything to improve that, it's going to help him in the next free agency period. So all in all, the Hornets did not have a, a lot of great options at the point guard position. This one makes maybe the most sense of all of the bad options that they had to choose from because of his size, his length, his ability in the past to distribute, and he's not a high turnover guy necessarily, or at least he he limited, let's see, per per 36, 2.8, down from 3.3 in Milwaukee, down from 4.2 in 2014, 15, and 3.7 his rookie year. So, you know, he did get his turnover numbers down. I think he probably needs to decrease that a little bit more 
if he wants, you know, mistake-free basketball is what uh, Clifford asks from his reserves and especially that backup point guard position. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see on this. And the Hornets have a lot of questions left to answer. We're going to cover it all here on Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to our guest, Sean Hyken from Locked On Bulls and The Athletic. And we're going to be back Monday with analysis of Summer League who stays and who goes? I think that's the big question now as they have three guys on unguaranteed contracts. Well, four, counting Dwayne Bacon. So they've got some decisions to make, and I think Summer League is going to weigh very heavily on that. We'll have coverage of that Monday with Chris Barnwall, writer for CBSSports.com, formerly of AtTheHive.com, friend of the show. He is in Orlando on the ground. He'll give us his report, and I'll be joined by my special guest host for next week, Claire James. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. This is Doug Branson saying, Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.